Welcome to Unleash Your Retirement with David Corin from RVA Wealth Management. Our podcast is all about providing anyone considering retirement with the confidence they need to pursue their dreams in this new phase of life. We cover a wide range of topics, from retirement planning to investing with purpose, all while making you laugh and keeping things lighthearted. With David's years of experience and guest industry leaders to help guide us, you'll walk away feeling informed, empowered, and ready to take on your future with confidence. So sit back, relax, and get ready to join us on this journey to a new life. Hello, and welcome to Unleash Your Retirement with your host, David Corin. I'm Wendy McConnell. Hi, David. How are we feeling today? Fantastic, Wendy. It's a gorgeous sunny day today and uh, nice, cool temperatures out there. So uh, really enjoying the day. Well, I'm going to take the wind right out of your sails because we're going to be talking about budgeting and cash flow management today. And you know that nasty word. Uh, Everybody hates the word budget. I don't want to budget. That's right. It can make you completely wince. So, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about your budget today. So stop whining. You know, this task will give you a lot of insight into where your cash goes and perhaps why you never seem to be able to put something aside. Cash flow management may sound intimidating, but it is simply knowing where you spend and how to make sure you spend wisely. A budget and cash flow management or how you are using your money are two pieces of knowledge that together can help you turn around your financial situation. They are absolutely critical for anyone who wants to have some peace of mind and gain control over their finances, reduce their financial stress, and work towards their financial goals. So, I mean, that is, that is so, so important because so many people today are stressed out, especially now we're near the holidays, so we're recording this. Uh, people are all stressed out. Can I afford that gift or should I do this? Or can I splurge on myself or can I splurge on my partner? Uh, you know, how much should we spend for the kids for, I mean, these are the types of questions that if you have a really good handle on your cash flow, in other words, your cash flow management, you know, where your money's coming from, how much is coming in and, and then also where it's going and how much is going out, um, that, you know, exactly what you can spend. And it's even better if you had actually planned ahead and had a, a little bu- bucket of money, an envelope of money, what have you, set aside to take care of all of those Christmas gifts that you may want to be getting this year. So that's an even better plan to have that, have, you know, get ahead of that. But you can't get ahead of it unless you know where you're coming from, from, from a cash flow perspective. So, you know, I've, I've discussed this before, uh, episodes four, five, and six. We really do touch on a lot of the the material we're going to talk about today, but we don't go into a great deal of detail on how to do this. I mean, it all sounds good, right? Hey, uh, you know, I know what I've got coming in and, you know, I know what I've got going out, but do you really? No, Uh, (laughs) (laughs) not at all. (laughs) But that's true for most people. I mean, you're, I don't want people to feel guilty or bad because they don't, they haven't done this or don't understand that it takes just a little bit of timing and planning. And it is a bit of a, of a task, but if you could set aside, you know, maybe a couple of hours on a Saturday afternoon, uh, you can do this. And I'm speaking from my own perspective, having done, done this for myself every year and on an ongoing basis, as well as helping my two kids do this. But on top of that, we help our clients do this all the time. 
uh, because we are cash flow managers. So we walk them through this process. And what we discover is that um, young people don't do this simply because they tend to be living paycheck to paycheck and they just don't do the planning. And that's so critical if they really want to get ahead that they do this planning. And then the other thing that happens a lot of times is that when couples reach a certain income level, um, the magic numbers, maybe 150,000 a year between the two of them, basically it's where they have all their needs met and they sort of stop tracking their money. They, they forget about how they're spending it and they just stop paying attention because <clears throat> they always have enough. So they don't worry about it. But when you get close to retirement, you really do have to get a handle on this because this is critical um, when you get into retirement and you no longer have the job flow money coming in. You don't have that money from the work coming in on an ongoing basis and you're having to live off of assets and maybe Social Security or a pension. We'll talk about Social Security a little bit later in more detail, but you really have to get a, this handle down. So. The first step is to compile all sources of income. That's the fun stuff. That's the happy stuff, right? I mean, for many people, that's simply their salary, you know, what they're getting from work. But what about bonuses? You know, you do it. You may get bonuses. You may get stock options where you work. All of these are sources of income. Uh, you may do some side gigs. I know that a lot of young people like to uh, do pet sitting on the side. That's a side gig. You know, does that generate income? Well, how much? Also, if you happen to own rental income, you know, rental property, and you're getting an income off of that, a net income, you know, you're not losing money on the rental property, you're making money. Uh, and if that's the case, then that is a source of income. So we want to collect all of that information, pull it together. Uh, and then the next step is to collect. Well, let me ask you a question real quick, David. Um, yes. what if you are never sure what your income is? My husband makes a lot of overtime. I work a part-time basis. I only get paid when I work my, it's all over the place. Yes, totally. I follow that. That is, that is the challenge that a lot of people do have because it is a variable number to some degree. So what you do is you sort of pick the lowest number that you think it's going to be. And then if you're over that, then that's money that you can invest or spend on something special that you want to apply those funds towards, whatever your goals are and your objectives. So always go with that lower number. Like, you know, a lot of people give us a salary, but they don't, they exclude the bonus because that's the bonus. You know, that's right. like extra money. So they don't include that in their planning process, which makes perfect sense. So once you have a handle on the income flow, then you got to get a handle on where you're spending your money you know, all your expenses, you know, your bills, your receipts, your bank statements. Now, I always like to tell people that the easiest way to do this, honestly, uh, if you are set up like I advise most people to be where you've got one credit card and you pay that credit card off every month, everything else is coming out of your checking account, including the payment for the credit card. And then you simply download that information into an Excel file off of your bank system, which is what I do. I just go in, you can pull it down. It comes off in a CVS format. You can put that right into Excel, turn it into an Excel file. And then you have the ability to go in and categorize because that's the next step. You need to categorize all that as those expenses. And what's great about having it in an Excel file is you can just sort it by the name. 
So you can have everything sort just, you could do sort it alphabetically by the type of expense, and then it'll throw all the expenses and all the income flows too. Usually it'll pull those, those as well. All of that stuff into a file for you that, that you can then sort and work with. You can pull things out. You can take your expenses and put them to one side, income to the other, and sort of track that way. You also have to do this with your credit card, sort of as a separate side uh, approach, uh, because the credit card expense is in the checking statements, but what you spent specifically on is in the credit card. And you want to be able to sort all that stuff together so you have a categorization of all your expenses. And then you should, once you've got this all done, and you're looking at it and you're going, wow, I didn't know I spent that much money eating out or, or wow, gosh, look at all those clothing bills. Wow, I'm spending a lot of money on clothes. Or did that vacation cost that much? <laughs> so, so you go through and you look at all of these expenses um, and you identify where you might have some opportunities for adjustments. And I'll give you a good example. I did this process just recently with my son. Now, he's a young man. You know, he's a couple of years into his career now. He's, he's got a good paying job as an engineer. Uh, but we were looking, he was, he'd sort of lost a handle on his expenses. Plus, he'd had a renter for a little while that had been renting a room from him who left. And so he'd gotten sort of used to that additional income. And what he, what he was wondering was, he was concerned, and, and, and he rightfully so, that he had adopted a new spending model while he had that extra income coming in. And as it turned, once that income was gone, he, his model was a little messed up. So he started looking at where he was spending money that he could cut. So he had a, a lot of online streaming services and he really wasn't using a couple of them. So he was able to eliminate some costs there. He did a lot of DoorDash deliveries. He's a single guy, so, you know, I sort of understand that. But DoorDash deliveries are expensive. <laughs> Plus, you're eating out a lot. Uh, so he said, you know what? I, I don't need to do that. I, I'd rather eat healthy and buy the food and have it in the house. So that's in the area that I'm going to go after. Because it turned out that he was, he was overspending by about four or $500 a month. Yeah, it's a lot. Uh, and, and, well, and see that he'd had a $600 additional income flow that he lost. So he needed to readjust. And so, but if we hadn't have done that exercise of looking at all of his cash flow, and we just look, all we did was for, in his case, we just were looking at the last three months really to try and get a handle because the in the inflow of income before that, that's when it stopped. So we just were trying to see what was happening since then. Um, and we were able to identify these opportunities where he could cut some of his, and it's again, discretionary spending. Okay. So there are certain things you can't cut. Okay. And you know, he couldn't change his mortgage. He's got to pay his mortgage. He's got to have a place to live. He couldn't change uh, his HOA fees. That's, that's part of the house, you know, so that's all rolled into his mortgage expenses. Uh, he has utility bills that he couldn't change. He has to pay. He's got to eat, so he's got to, he's going to buy groceries. You know how much is he spending on that? Get a handle on that. Uh, those are all necessary expenses, car expenses, necessary expenses. He has to be able to drive back and forth to work. So those are things that you really can't cut. Okay. So what you then start doing is you look at all the other places you're spending money, and identify opportunities where you can cut back. 
And in that, in his case, he needed to cut back. So that's what he did. Uh, for a lot of people, uh, they don't need to cut back. That's why they haven't looked at this uh, and don't even realize that it's an issue for them or, or that they're spending money on a lot of things that they shouldn't be because their cash flow is so, so really powerful. So they, they're bringing in so much more money than they're really spending. And in those cases, but you, as you get close to retirement, remember that money goes away. So you have to do this exercise. And you will probably find that there's a lot of things you're spending money on that you don't need to be spending money on any longer. Um, the next step you need to do is, you know, if you're, once you've identified this process, then once you've done that, you sort of need to set up a tool for tracking and staying on top of this. Now, I don't do this every month but I do it, try to do it every quarter. And I recommend at least a quarterly look. Um, you know, if you want to stretch it to a year, you could, but you definitely need to be looking at this on an ongoing regular basis. And there's different ways to sort of manage this going as you go along. So you can do it online. There's tools called, there's a tool called mint, I believe online. There's some other tools that are available, free tools, budgeting tools, apps online, a lot of uh, F fidelity Schwab, other, uh, a lot of the uh, custodians out there, Vanguard, have budgeting type apps on them that you can tap into. Many of the banks now online have a budgeting tool that you can utilize that are free. All these things are free that you have access to if you want to use online. You could just simply do a spreadsheet, which is sort of what I do, because I find it really easy to use the uh, spreadsheet um, Excel file to categorize everything for myself pretty easily. And and because things change, you spend money on different things each year, um, it's, it's a really easy process to sort of group them together and, and, and move through this, the spreadsheet system. Uh, the other is an envelope system. And so, uh, for instance, my daughter, uh, she is a, a waitress right now. It's her primary source of income. And she gets a lot of cash. So what she does is she can take a little, so she has certain things that she has to pay for, like she has, uh, you know, our payment she has to make. <clears throat> so she, when at the beginning of the month, she stuffs enough money into an envelope to make sure that she's got that car payment. You know, how many weeks? Because that's an absolute necessity necessity for her. She can't, and she has another one for her, her utility costs that she set aside and for her rent that she sets aside. And that, so she has these category envelopes that she puts cash in uh, until they satisfy that need. And then as towards the end of the month, then she knows, okay, well, now I've got X amount of dollars that I could potentially spend on something that I want as opposed to something that I need. <laughs> and again, that's real important to remember there is a difference between what you want to have and what you need. Very big difference there. Okay, you may, you may want that beautiful new coat, but do you really need it? Because your current coat's fine, okay? So, you know, is it something that you want or is it something that you need? The next step, once you've sort of got a handle on how you're going to track everything, is to then set some goals for yourself, some very realistic goals. An acronym, the acronym SMART, I love that acronym. Um, it, it means that you need to set goals that are specific, that's the S, that are measurable, very important, measurable, and that are attainable. You know, you don't want to set a crazy goal that's sort of out there that may never happen, that sort of 
really ridiculous <laughs> and not attainable. Um, and it needs to be relevant to what you are trying to accomplish with your life in your overall picture. And then you need to have a time limit on it. So it's smart. So that's specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time limit. That's a great acronym to think about how you set your goals. So I can't tell you how important this is in every area of life, setting goals that are very specific and are very measurable and that are attainable and relevant to your goals and your objectives. And you put a time limit on it. That, that applies. I, I use that particular approach in, in work all the time in business all the time, but I advise young people and anybody out there that's trying to set a goal, any type of goal. Okay. It could be especially, but especially financial goals. Um, because you can measure, you know, when you get there, you can set a time limit on when you're going to have that amount of money set aside. Uh, and then you allocate the funds that you need to achieve those goals carefully. So if you have a certain savings goal, you've got to take care of your must-haves, your needs first, make sure that money is set aside, and then you can decide, okay, how much can I easily put towards savings? And, you know, you mentioned earlier about variable income and bonuses. So a lot of times what I say is you set these goals and then your savings goal can be bumped up significantly when you get a bonus or you get this additional income that you hadn't planned on. And then you take it and you put it into a savings vehicle of some sort or a, an investment vehicle of some sort, preferably. How many investment. people actually do that, David? <laughs> You'd be surprised that a lot of people do do that. Okay, but a lot of people will do that. Uh, that doesn't mean that they don't take some of that money and use it for a want. <laughs> okay. All right, gotcha. I, you know, I'm not, and again, I try to. Uh, I've, I've used the word budgeting a lot. I I try not to use that word um, when dealing with clients. You know, budgeting has just got this really negative overtone to it. Uh-huh. Uh, so I really just talk about cash flow and savings. Okay. If you understand your cash flow, ins and outs, you'll know what you have left over to be able to save. And that really will drive your goals to a large extent. But if you want to tap into that savings for once, and by the way, sometimes what we do is we just sort of plan on that. We put that in the plan, a want. Okay. We're going to spend X amount of dollars every year on a want, you know, whether that's really nice new clothes, a nice vacation or gifts at Christmas time. Okay, those are things that you do set aside. Uh, so you need to make sure to avoid unnecessary expenses by differentiating those wants and needs. Track your spending regularly, okay, ongoing, especially if you have a change in income. Like I mentioned with my son earlier, he had a change in inflow and he, need, he didn't track his spending and realized that he had been spending that, in, that additional income. And then you also, the other key is plan for impulse purchases. So you're out shopping and you see something you really want, but you know, do you really need it? Right. And so my advice in these situations is when you have that urge, especially if it's a big item that you give yourself a cooling off period. I do the same thing, by the way, when I get upset and I'm thinking about sending an email to somebody, you know, I said, no, 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 no. I, I wait till the next day until I have a different mindset. 
Uh, so the same thing is true of impulse buying. You want to give yourself a little bit of time to cool off and think about it. Because a lot of times once you walk away and you don't see the item anymore, <laughs> the new car, whatever it is, you get away from it. Oh, uh, you start thinking, well, no, you know, I don't really need that. I, I mean, I can wait on that. Or you could say, hey, I'm going to set a goal to put the money aside so that I can get that thing that I really want. Uh, so those are the types of approaches that I advocate uh, for thinking about these impulse type buys. You have to be, you know, there, you know it's going to happen. So you just need to be prepared for it and have sort of your reaction to it in place ahead of time. So, you know, when we really just sort of wrap this together, uh, budgeting and cash flow management is a foundation pillar for financial literacy. It really is. Um, <clears throat> and it's going to provide you with the tools you need to attain basically financial success in life. No matter where you are in life right now, whether you're getting ready to retire or you're just getting started in your, in the work, your work career, being able to provide to do budgeting and cash flow management sets you up for success and more importantly, it sets you up for peace of mind. Now, I can't stress that enough because peace of mind from being in control and knowing, because the unknowing, the not knowing, is one of the bigger issues when it comes to cash flow management and budgeting and, what, oh, and, and retirement and everything. Any kind of financial goal in life, anything you're trying to accomplish, if you don't know where you are, what's going on, if you're not in control of that cash flow, you're going to feel out of sorts, uncertain, and you're not going to be able to make clear decisions for yourself going forward. So this is an absolutely critical thing to be doing. And by effectively managing these income and expenses, again, I'm going to get back to that control. You are going to assert control over your finances, okay, and reduce your stress, financial stress, but stress, period, across the board, because Financial stress stresses you out in other areas. So you want to be in control of that. And you can make very, very significant strides toward achieving whatever goals that you're setting for yourself. Whatever that financial goal is, whether it's a new car, whether it's a, you know, a new dress, you know, a new pocketbook, uh, whatever that goal is, you know, the down payment on the house, that's a big one. Okay, those goals, those types of things, you can get there if you have control of your cash flow. So, and when we work with clients that are already retired, uh, that are pulling money out of their portfolios, we watch their cash flow. We're just cash flow managers. We just stay all over it. We're hawks on this stuff. Um, You're like stalking it. <laughs> yes, we do. Stalk it. And we will press our clients if if we see a trend that is putting them beyond their budget, over their budget. Because believe me, in a short period of time, if you're overspending in your plan, it can really have a damaging effect long-term uh, because we don't have a way to replace that. You don't have the income flow you used to. You know, you, you're not working anymore. So it's very important to have a handle on your cash flow when you're retired so that you can be comfortable that your money's not going to run out and that you're going to be able to do the types of things you want to do in retirement and enjoy yourself without financial stress. That's the goal. That's, that's the goal. The goal. Absolutely. So that's, uh, I hope that um, people 
you know, take advantage of this teaching because I think it's critical. And also, you know, I think we gave people additional information on how to manage this and make it happen. But if they have other questions, they could, they can contact us, uh, rvawealthmanagement.com. Uh, on my website, I have two ways for people to uh, set up and do a, a call with me. They can do a 20-minute ask anything, exactly like it sounds. You know, if they just have a budgeting question and they're not sure about something, schedule a 20-minute ask anything call, and I will answer the question. Or somebody might, usually it's me, but somebody in the office is going to answer the question. Uh, the th second thing, if you really want to just come in and have a, an initial consultation with us, a one-hour consultation, that's another way to meet. Uh, then we would ask, we would send you a preliminary profile of what we would want you to bring or make available to us. We'd give you a, a secure link to load that up. Uh, and then when you come and meet with us, we could give you a really in-depth review of your current situation, cash flow situation, and help you make uh, decisions about whatever financial goals you're trying to set for yourself at this particular time. But that is also free, by the way. So either one of those options are available for free. So if you're struggling with your cash flow, if you have questions, uh, concerns, uh, if you are feeling financially stressed out, please reach out and we can, we will help you work through this and get a, get control of the situation. All right. Well, thank you, David. And thank you for listening today. Please like, follow, and share this podcast with your friends. Until next time, I'm Wendy McConnell. Thank you for listening to the Unleash Your Retirement podcast. Click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit our website at www.rvawealthmanagement.com or give us a call at 804-497-2100. And don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of RVA Wealth Management. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Content here is for illustrative purposes and general information only. It is not legal tax or individualized financial advice, nor is it a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold any specific security or engage in any specific trading strategy. Results will vary. Past performance is no indication of future results or success. Market conditions change continuously. This commentary reflects the personal opinions, viewpoints, and analysis of RVA Wealth Management. It does not necessarily represent those of RFG Advisory, private client services, their clients, or their employees. This commentary should not be regarded as a description of advisory services provided by RVA Wealth Management or RFG Advisory or performance returns of any client. The views reflected in the commentary are subject to change at any time without notice. Securities offered by registered representatives of private client services member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered by investment advisory representatives of RFG Advisory, a registered investment advisor. Private client services, RVA Wealth Management, and RFG Advisory are unaffiliated entities. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where RFG Advisory and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advisory services may be rendered by RFG Advisory unless a client agreement is in place.